Thank you for joining us and welcome back Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias. With me today and every podcasting day is Kyla. Hey, hey, what's up? This is a very special episode because this week marks the first time that both of us will get to talk about a victory in the same week. I didn't realize that. All season, and this is our week seven <laughs> pod. A little, a little bit of a bummer, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but it definitely, finally happened. Definitely not how we uh, pictured it going at the start. Not of how you season. draw it up. No. <laughs> uh, my team went off in week six. Kyla has a winning streak on her hands. All of a sudden, it's all happening. <laughs> we'll discuss those wins. We've got our w- winners and losers from week six. We have injury updates, and we'll look at week seven with our good and bad matchups. But Kyla, start us off. Finkel is Einhorn. Another <laughs> tally in the win column. Congrats. Another tally. Two wins in a row. I won by the skin of my teeth in week six. I mean, it was another close game. Things looked pretty bad for me on Sunday, honestly. My team was not performing well. And Tom, who I was playing, randomly decided to start DeAndre Swift, who had an amazing game, his best game of the year. Out and nowhere. Ronald, yeah. And he had Ronald Jones as well, who also had a great game, two touchdowns in that game and over 100 yards. Luckily, everyone else on his team sucked. <laughs> um, so I'm really going to try to keep it short this week because last week when I was listening back the podcast, I talked a long time about <laughs> my, I was just so excited for my first victory. I just, I went on for a long time. Okay. So let's get into it. Let me see. Where am I? <laughs> I think it's okay. I I think you earned it. <laughs> all good. Um, okay. Matthew Stafford was pretty underwhelming in the Lions route of the Jaguars. Definitely thought he would have a better game. He finished with only 12 points. He had 223 yards, one touchdown, one interception. They really controlled that game on the ground, so obviously that doesn't help the quarterback of the team. All three of my receivers I started had solid games. I was led by A.J. Brown with 22.6 points. He had five catches for 56 yards and two touchdowns. Very happy to have A.J. Brown back in my lineup. Next was Kenny Galladay with 16 points from a 105-yard performance, and Allen Robinson finished with 10.3 points, which was not great. Definitely not his best game, but still decent. I mean, he got double-digit points, so how, you can't complain too much about that. I ended up starting Eric Ebron in my tight end spot. This is where I went wrong. Okay, <laughs> He had a great matchup against Cleveland. On paper, it looked great. It was a mistake. Because he finished with a measly 2.9 points. Mm. Got only 9.7 points from Todd Gurley, which was disappointing coming off that big game. Especially because the Falcons scored 40 points in that game. He only finished with 9. I started Washington's defense against the Giants, who got only 4 points. And Joey Sly, my kicker, finished with 11 points. Again, I left points on the bench with Miles Gaskin scoring 16, which... I mean, I couldn't justify starting him over Clyde or Todd Gurley, so he was on my bench. Yeah. 16 points. And naturally, naturally, I put Kenyon Drake on my bench, and he did exactly what I knew he was going to do as soon as I put him on my bench, and he got 30 points. Nothing else really worth mentioning (laughs) from my bench. I'm just, fuck Kenyon Drake. I hate him. No, I don't hate him. But 
well, I'm tired of this salt, shit. salt in your wound as as well. Like you you put him on the bench. He's playing against your favorite team, the Cowboys, and he breaks yeah. off like the game. I guess it's not game clinching because it was already out of reach. Yeah. But like the very very late, what was it like a seventy yard touchdown? Yeah, under two minutes like left that. in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And and you finally put him on the bench and it's against the Cowboys. Yeah. I was just like, oh, no, Kyla has to be so mad. right now. <laughs> I was mad. Luckily, no, that mattered because I still won, as we already said. Um, the only thing else worth mentioning from my bench was that Cam Akers did not log a single touch in his game. Really? No, none. Got a zero. Didn't get a carry. Not a target. Nothing. So... Cam Akers has been let go from the team. Oh, he's gone. I held on to him for so long. And now I feel like that I shouldn't have done that. And I could have had like better people on my team before now because he was injured. So I didn't know what he was going to do. Not a single touch. Weird. I don't expect he won't get touches in games moving forward, but I'm just tired of his shit. So he's gone. (laughs) Well, and, and despite his injuries, I, I think he is in a situation kind of like J.K. Dobbins and, and Mark Ingram where people are mm-hmm. expecting him to produce and he just hasn't really taken over the role that people thought that he would yet. You know, yeah. maybe uh, Swift for the Lions, you were just talking about him. Maybe he's finally done that, taken over that role yeah. and we won't see as much from Adrian Peterson. But a lot of these teams just want to do the three three backs, two backs, and it's hard. It's hard to know who to start. Which, for real-life scenarios, that is what a team would want to do, I would imagine, so that you don't wear down one guy, you don't risk you know, injuries as much. But for fantasy, that sucks. Not what we want, no. (laughs) No, no. Um, Okay, let's get back on track. A dramatic finish again. I go into Monday night and I am down 89 to 103, which is bad. I mean, that's not a lot of points. So my team still didn't perform well, even though I won. But going into Monday, I've got Clyde Edwards Elair and Tom, who is my opponent, Hakuna Matata team, has Michael Gallup left. I needed a big game from Clyde and I got it. He got 29. or 22.9 points from 26 carries for 161 yards, which is amazing. Again, his only problem is he cannot find the end zone. He should have had a bigger day for the second week in a row. He had a touchdown that was called back on a holding penalty. So disappointing um, because then I would have had much more cushion, you know, if he'd gotten that touchdown. Going into the Dallas game, I was up by nine points still with Michael Gallup left to play on the opposing team. He finished with only 4.3 points because the Cowboys offense was bad. A whole different offense without Dak Prescott. It was so frustrating, though, because at the end of the game, did you watch the game? I watched the the majority of it, yeah. But as anyone who plays this podcast on a, on a regular basis knows that I drafted Michael Gallup. <laughs> I really tried to make it happen and it, it didn't happen. And it's very disappointing. He was one of the guys I was very high on, but yeah. you were like, okay, I, I just need Michael Gallup not to get, you know, five points or, or something. And I was like, well, you know, that's probably going to happen because it's <laughs> that's true. And it did happen luckily, but at the end of the game, they were on the four yard line. So I thought, 
this is great. They're on the four yard line. Yeah. They're going to run the ball. They did not fucking run the ball. They threw it to Michael Gallup like three times in the end zone. And Patrick Peterson saved me because he got like two defensive pass interference calls. And then one, I think, was just overthrown. Even with the pass interference calls, they moved up to the one yard line. And I was like, all right, that's great. They're going to run the ball. They fucking didn't run the ball. I'm like, Andy Dalton, just keep it. Run it. If you don't want to give it to Zeke, you just do it yourself. <laughs> he wouldn't. They kept throwing it. Finally, they got the touchdown. I mean, the game was out of reach anyway. So it wasn't like I was rooting against the Cowboys or anything. They weren't going to win. Amari Cooper ended up catching that touchdown. The game was over. I won, luckily, 112.22 to 107.34. So not by a lot, less than five points. Not a great performance from my team. I made some wrong decisions of who to start, but another win. I'm still in last place. I've got a shot to start moving up the ranks, though, but I definitely need to start scoring more points. If I want to actually compete, I cannot just score 112 points a week if I actually want to win. Sure, but a win is a win. And yep. sometimes you have to get lucky in the win column. And yep. it finally happened. Finally. A couple things. I mean, you were talking about you were kind of uh, lamenting, you know, some some points on your bench and that. But Clyde finally yep. came through, which is good mm -hmm. to see everyone after Le'Veon Bell signed with the Chiefs. Everyone who has Clyde was was panicking. Yeah. But if he has performances like that, he's still going to have a major role, no matter if Le'Veon Bell is on the team or not. Right. Um, there was another guy I was going to mention on your team. Joey Sly is now on the COVID list. Yeah. So yeah. have you found a new kicker? I did find a new kicker. I was just, for whatever reason, because I look at my team a hundred times a day when I'm trying to figure out who I want to start. <laughs> It just popped up and Joey Sly, it said COVID-19. I was like, what the fuck? Because he's been doing so good. Yeah. And I was just annoyed by that whole situation. But I picked up um, the Las Vegas kicker, Carlson, to replace him. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, you're in the win column. I, I won as well, 150.84 to 103.7. Mm-hmm. That score marks the first time since week one that I scored more than 129. So it felt damn good to put up a score like that once again. Yeah. I had Drew Brees, Justin Jackson, and Chris Carson on a bye. Deontay Johnson was out with an injury to the surprise of no one. <laughs> I had Dalton Schultz, the Dallas tight end on my bench, and joining him also was Debo Samuel. But in the starting lineup, Lamar Jackson, he did some Lamar stuff once again. Mm-hmm. 186 passing yards, one passing TD, along with 108 yards on the ground and a touchdown. His his touchdown was a 37-yard run on an, on an RPO, similar to what he did in the Washington game in Week 4. It was really nice to see Baltimore going back to using Jackson as a runner. Their whole offense is based on that, as we've talked about yeah. before. I think it's essential to their success, to his passing game success as well, that he can run the ball. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley led my receivers with 18.9 points. He snagged six catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. Still excellent production despite taking a backseat to Julio Jones. 9.8 points from Chris Godwin and 12.9 from Tyler Boyd in my flex. And Debo actually had, uh, he had 18 points on my bench. Mm -hmm. So I'm loving the depth at the yeah. moment at the receiver position. But all of that... 
doesn't <laughs> quite matter because the king of Sunday, of course, was the man back in my starting lineup after a brief hiatus, and that yeah. is Derrick Henry. I was hoping the Titans-Texans game would go to overtime as the Titans drove late in the fourth quarter. The Broncos and Patriots game was the one that I was watching, but then CBS switched it over to this game late, and I really wanted more points out of him. In a different league, I had Will Fuller, and I was just like, okay, let's mm. let's have more of this. We need more yeah. of this game. And luckily, your guy, A.J. Brown, came through with a touchdown, which sent that game to overtime. Mm-hmm. So then in overtime, Henry tacked on a rushing touchdown and a 52-yard catch. Uh, the yeah. Titans pretty much just got the ball once. They drove right down, and it was over. So in the end, he finished with 22 carries, 212 yards, and two touchdowns, one of which was a 94-yarder, which was awesome. Yeah, It really showcased his <laughs> athleticism, if, if nothing else. like He's about at the 50-yard line, and there are four guys, and then he hit, just hits a different gear yeah. that no one else can hit. And Derrick Henry is also, you know, like nine feet tall and 900 pounds. Like no one, <laughs> no one should be able to do what he does athletically. It's like LeBron James. Or, it's just insane. Yeah, it's, he is it's amazing. Unfair. Yeah. Uh, he's good for a few of these kind of blow ups per year. And Sunday eased my paranoia a little bit about not drafting Alvin Kamara. <laughs> instead. <laughs> I'm glad because my my regret is still there, but you know, I'm glad you feel better. (laughs) I feel better for a week. (laughs) Now the the saints are coming back. So time for the regret to pour in again. (laughs) Oh, that's true. They didn't play this week. So that can help. (laughs) In my other RB slot, Antonio Gibson earned 9.5 points. Unfortunately, he seems to be losing some production to JD McKissick. Mm -hmm. Who? if you didn't notice, is who I picked up in place of Cam Akers. Ah, mm. nice. Nice depth. We'll see what happens. Hopefully <laughs> I don't have to start Antonio Gibson anymore. <laughs> to round out my lineup, Mark Andrews with just 4.1 in my tight end slot. He continues to be boomer bust. Uh, kicker Zane Gonzalez got eight points, and I picked up the Dolphins defense. They got 15 points against the hapless Jets. Not all of my streaming defenses have worked thus far this season take note of me playing the chiefs against the raiders and then getting it was either negative one or negative three i don't remember negative one i think but that was uh a brutal choice by me but 15 (laughs) from the dolphins and uh i'm just gonna have to continue streaming for the most part the defense defensive spot but i'm three and three now in the year and i'm i'm hungry for more gotta gotta keep these wins going yeah, for sure. I'm actually, I just wanted to say, I'm surprised that Mark Andrews has been so boomer bust because if you remember, if you'd asked me at the beginning of the season, I would have said Darren Waller was going to be the guy who was like this, but it appears to be Mark Andrews, which is really disappointing. And Baltimore just seems to be completely, it's just all about the game plan for that certain week. Yeah. If they're going to target Andrews, and if it's a close game, then he'll be a part of it. If it's not a close game, then they just don't worry about it. You know, they're yeah. they don't need to get him his touches or anything. He might have one catch, he might have five and three touchdowns. Like there's there's really no way to know. Yeah. But if it's just as likely of him getting four or him getting twenty two, then you have to play him because that twenty two would mean a lot from the tight end spot. So it just yeah. that's 
just kind of the player he is right now. But yeah. I got rid of Dalton Schultz. I saw that. Um, and I picked up Austin Hooper, which is not a huge improvement. But while Andrews is on a bye this week, I'm hoping to plug in Hooper and him have a good game. I think so, he will. So. And I went back and forth of whether because I needed a better tight end to play this week. Um, I went back and forth between Austin Hooper and Jimmy Graham, and I ultimately decided on Jimmy Graham. So we'll see how that goes. Well, didn't Austin Hooper kind of, you know, he kind of pissed you off last season, right? So you're just, you're not going to go back to the well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, no, I, mean, I don't trust Austin Hooper. I was gonna because I was, I'm desperate, but I feel like Jimmy Graham is just as good of an option. So I just went with him instead. <laughs> hey, you know, you gotta uh, do what you gotta do. Before we move on to our winners and losers, I did just want to mention, you know how, I don't know if it's the NFL Instagram account or which Instagram does it, but they post like the top five passing leaders, receiving leaders, rushing leaders. I saw that Kenyon Drake is number four in rushing yards on the season. And I do not know how the fuck that is possible. It has to just be because he got 161 yards this week, but he is fourth place in rushing yards in the NFL. And that makes me so angry because he has sucked for my fantasy team all season. I would not have guessed that either. I, I am really intrigued. So right now I'm looking it up. <laughs> you think I'm making it up? No, I I, I definitely believe you. <laughs> Derek Henry is number one. And then it's Clyde, Dalvin Cook, and Kenyon Drake. And Ronald <laughs> Jones. Ronald Jones is fifth. Isn't that amazing? And Todd Gurley is also in the top 10. Your three RBs are in the top <laughs> 10 in rushing in the league. Which is amazing because they have kind of sucked. They've definitely underperformed my expectations. Todd Gurley has been all right. Like he's pretty consistent. Most of the time he'll get 10 to 15 points, sometimes with bigger games. But Kenya Drake, I guess, I don't know. Well, and and here's the issue right here. You're talking about Drake. Um, 478 yards on the ground for the year, which is good for fourth. However, six catches for 22 yards. Yeah. That's, I mean, everyone wanted to draft Drake based on his receiving capability, and that hasn't been the case. Dalvin Cook in third, he has 12 catches for 64. Then there's Clyde with 21 for 177. Even Derrick Henry has eight for 84. Yeah. Really, if going down the list, every single other person on this list has double-digit catches. Going yeah. down to Daryl Henderson, which, I don't know, <laughs> he's, he's like 17 or something. So and it, it seems like... There you go uh, with Drake. I don't actually know the Drake stats for Sunday's game, but it seemed like they were using him much more than... Um, Edmonds to me from watching the game. Yep, I started Chase Edmonds in a different league based on what he did uh, last week, and that surely did not work out. That league, I have Chase Edmonds, Damian Harris, uh, Justin Jackson on a bye. Obviously, my RB spot in that league is terrible because Austin Eckler got hurt, but all of those guys just failed miserably. Yeah. So it actually, it looks like they. Each only got two targets, but 
Drake got 20 carries, which is the big difference there. Well, Drake also had a ball that just bounced right off of his chest. And then earlier you were talking about Gallup. He had a touchdown go right through his hands. Yeah. So his game could have been distinctly different, as we talked about. But it's just insane that, that that's all he got. Andy Dalton was really bad. Yes, he was. And and I will say Andy Dalton was much worse than I expected him to be. And I even like regretted saying it could be worse than Andy Dalton because this week it could not have been worse than Andy Dalton. But at well, the end of the game, it seemed like he improved a little bit toward the end of the game. They did end up getting a touchdown, which I think is good for morale. You know, they got into the end zone finally. But I have heard rumblings that Dallas might make a trade for a quarterback. I've seen it suggested that they try to get Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I don't know that that will happen. I can't imagine that it will. I think they'll at least try to give Andy Dalton another chance to play, and hopefully he'll be better against who they play in this week, Washington. So we'll see. Yeah, and I guess this would be a good time to mention uh, with all of the NFC East teams playing this upcoming week that the NFC East is currently <laughs> one of the worst divisions in the history of the NFL. Uh-huh. Giants for the play Philadelphia and Dallas plays Washington. So at least, barring ties, at least two teams will come out of this week with a win, which yeah. the division really needs. <laughs> yeah. The division really needs somebody to get a win. The division only has five total wins. And I like we were watching the game the other day and they announced the the commentator said that that's the same number of wins that I don't know how many teams have individually, like the Steelers, the Titans. <laughs> they all have five wins, but this division as a whole has five total wins, which is pretty pathetic. Well, the Steelers, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Ravens, um, the Bears, the Seahawks. Yeah. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I am kind of blanking on if the Rams have five wins. They might be five and one. I'm not sure. Then I think the Saints are three and two. But anyway, yeah, lots of teams in that realm. <laughs> but Buffalo's only got four. But yeah, the Rams, it's... Have, the Rams have four wins, it looks like. Okay. Four and two. Anyway. Anyway, winners <laughs> and losers for the week to round out our coverage of week six. I will go ahead and go if you're cool with that. Yeah. My winner is the receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson. Despite Kirk Cousins playing like just total hot garbage against mm -hmm. the Falcons, Jefferson finished with nine catches, 166 yards, two touchdowns, and even tacked on a two-point conversion in the loss to Atlanta. His 41.6 PPR points is the most he's gotten this season. And to make matters even better for, for anyone out there who owns Jefferson, he out-targeted Adam Thielen 11-5. He's been boomer bust in nearly every game this season, but he's slowly moving into that number one receiver role for the Vikings. It looks like a good draft pick for them. Yeah, for sure. He He's having a great year. I uh, did the math, and they, his catch rate was 82% in Week 7, and it's 78% on the year, which is really good. And Adam Thielen's for the year is 65%. So... Definitely not just having a great week, but a great season so far as a rookie. 
Ricky wide receivers are always kind of up and down throughout the year. So, I mean, that's to be expected. He's had three 100 yard games. The only, the difference is Adam Thielen is getting more of the touchdowns. I think he has like seven, eight touchdowns compared to three for um, Justin Jefferson, but definitely winner of the week. He was only outscored by Derrick Henry this week. So. I mean, it's especially good when you're talking about Cousins as the one throwing you the ball. <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. He's having a terrible season. Yes, he is. My winner of the week is Matt Ryan. After coming off three miserable performances where he only threw one touchdown in that span, Matt Ryan got Julio Jones back and all was right in Falcon land. Matty Ice was only started in 47% of Yahoo leagues, which as we thought as well, was a good choice, but turns out it wasn't. (laughs) He completed 30 of 40 pass attempts for 371 yards and four touchdowns, leading Atlanta to their first win of the season and finished as the fifth highest scorer in our league. A healthy Julio Jones definitely makes the entire Falcons offense better and greatly increases the production and value of Matt Ryan. So just getting Julio back makes him a winner. Apparently so. He was one of my sits for the week, and we didn't know at the time if Julio was going to be back or not. Then Julio mm-hmm. came back, and all of a sudden, Matt Ryan was back to being the Matt Ryan that we know and love yeah. and not sucking. And, of course, made me look like a fool. So <laughs> that happened. I am happy that he's back to performing that way because Calvin yeah. Ridley is on my team. But uh, it definitely came out of nowhere, despite the good matchup. The Vikings secondary is definitely not what it was even last season. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, Matt Ryan was amazing. (laughs) My loser for the week was Mike Evans, receiver for the Buccaneers. I think duds like this happen from time to time, but this one was a a doozy for sure. Just one catch for 10 yards and only two targets, only two fantasy points. He hadn't done worse than 14 points since week one when he only got 7.2. Chris Godwin was back, and he very well could cut into Evans's production from here on out. We shall see. Mm-hmm. But Tampa simply didn't need to throw very much. They were walloping the Packers, and fantasy owners walked the plank. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That. The game script definitely did not help him. Tom Brady only attempted 27 passes, and Ronald Jones, as we already talked about, really controlled that game on the ground. But fortunately, I think Mike Evans is going to have you know up and down weeks like this, especially with, when Chris Godwin is healthy. Mm-hmm. Evans, he's only received, um, or he has not received more than four targets in any game that Godwin has played in this year. So definitely a dud this week that could happen in other weeks. So I'm glad I like Mike Evans. I think he's a great receiver, but I'm glad that I don't have him on my team because I would be really frustrated if this continues throughout the season. Well, and I've got Godwin yeah, and I have Calvin Ridley. So I've got two guys that are, you know, top fantasy choices, but will have to split production potentially, but apparently Ridley is going to get better production with Julio in the lineup if that makes any sense. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, if Chris Godwin wants to have a 1,500-yard season and Mike Evans just, you know, does this every week, that's okay with me, too. (laughs) Uh, My loser of the week is Mike Gesicki. 
And I am glad that I did not have him because I tried to put it. I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but I tried to put in a waiver to pick him back up last week to play him because he had a good matchup. And I am glad that somebody else grabbed him before I did. Because what a waste of a waiver position that would have been. He had two targets that he did not catch while two other Miami tight ends caught touchdowns in this game against the Jets. They won 24 to zero. He did not have a catch, nothing, zero points. I mean, Eric Ebron, my tight end, didn't do much either, but he did more than zero. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess I made a good choice. <laughs> I don't know. But Mike Kosicki's had two good games this season. Otherwise, been very disappointing. Um, No week more disappointing than week six, though, with the big goose egg that he laid. Yeah, I... uh I started him in my other two leagues. Oh, no. I forgot you had him. I didn't ask you if you started yeah, him. Yeah, in my, in my one league, Noah Fant, still out with an injury. Not a lot of guys out there to pick up. Yeah. You know, started Gasicki against the Jets. Seemed like a pretty good matchup. He's got a couple of good games. Obviously, he got the zero. And in the other league, it just... That's the weird league. We start two quarterbacks. We start two tight ends. So with two tight ends on every roster, you know, in the starting lineup, there are really like three or four tight ends out there to pick up. Like it's, yeah. it's not good. Well, so, a tight end. I, I is... can't even drop him in that league. <laughs> the tight end position has suddenly gotten very thin when it looked so mm-hmm. full before the season started, um, which is exactly what happened last year too. There's really... Unless you've got Kelsey or Kittle or Waller, there's not really. It's slim pickings out there for tight ends. It is, and you you have guys like Jared Cook who have great weeks, but can also put up the two or three point weeks, and then uh, you have people that are trying to basically scrape the bottom of the barrel and try to find somebody like a Trey Burton who just had an awesome <laughs> game for the Colts this past week. No one knows if Trey Burton's going to keep that up. If right. Jack Doyle, he Doyle also caught a touchdown in that game. Yeah. Maybe he'll reclaim the number one spot. <laughs> our our guy Mo Ali Cox is a is basically just like not on the team anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's his production just fell off a cliff. Everybody was talking about how great of an athlete he is and all that, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden he's just not yeah. to be found. Well, when Trey Burton came back from whatever injury he had, um, Mo Ali Cox, they. Um, reports have said, and I haven't really watched any Colts games to speak of, but they said that Mo Ali Cox is really obviously the best tight end that they have, but they seem insistent on using Trey Burton for some reason. So, yeah, who can explain that? <laughs> I not not me. <laughs> All right, anything else before we get into the injury updates? No, let's do it. All right, we'll kick it off here with Raheem Mostert with another injury. High ankle sprain. Is it Was it an ankle last time, too? Is it the same ankle? I don't know. I think it was his knee last time. Okay. I believe. He is, last I saw, at least, he's likely headed to IR, which would mean at least three weeks out. Jonu Smith suffered an injury in week six and left the game, but his ankle sprain is considered minor. And then Mark Ingram also has an ankle injury, a mid to high ankle sprain. The Ravens are hoping he can play against Pittsburgh when they come back from their bye week, um, which is this week, right? Their bye week is week seven. Mm-hmm. 
I'll let you move into the Eagles portion of the uh, injury update since it's a, a long list. Okay. So <laughs> speaking of that two tight end league, you talked about Johnu Smith. I, I picked up Anthony Ferkser because both of my tight ends this past week are now on buys. So yeah. I'm, you know, as I said, scraping the bottom of the barrel, trying to find somebody <laughs> for this week. Yeah. So Which, if Johnu Smith does not up. play, yeah. Ferkser had a good week this past week but he's yeah. mainly a blocking tight end. It's tough to be able to recommend actually having to pick him up and start him in a normal mm-hmm. league. Mm-hmm. And then for the Eagles, Zach Ertz, high ankle sprain, he's expected to be out three to four weeks, and he could be headed to IR. By the way, that this is this is Wednesday morning, so yes. you know keep it up. Uh, keep, keep checking on your team. The other tight end option for Philadelphia, Dallas Goddard, he was placed on IR in week four. He had a small ankle fracture. He does not seem likely to play Thursday night football. Yeah. But there's a possibility he could be back, which brings me to the other tight end that I picked up because Ertz and Goddard are going to be out. <laughs> Richard Rogers is the other guy in my two tight end league. So yeah. I'm Probably obviously it. hoping and, and praying that something happens there. It could. It could be a sneaky little pickup there because, I mean, who does... <laughs> Who do the Eagles have? <laughs> well, speaking of which, yeah, Miles Sanders, their running back, he was sidelined during Tuesday's practice. He's expected to miss week seven. He has a knee injury. Now the receiver spot for the Eagles, Deshaun Jackson, uh, he has a hamstring injury. He's expected to play this Thursday, actually. But he did not do much in practice on Tuesday. Then Alshon Jeffrey limited Tuesday with a foot issue. He has been officially ruled out for week seven. I don't believe Jeffrey has played at all this season. He has not. I do not know when he will play. He's been limited practice for weeks, it seems like, but they're just being extra cautious with him. Um, well, and with the Eagles, everyone else is hurt. Why Yeah. Why not just keep him out another week? You know, yeah. <laughs> It's not like they're losing any ground in the division. Yeah. Um, Christian McCaffrey has a high ankle sprain. He has not been activated from the IR yet. He is likely to miss week seven, which is his fifth straight game missed. Um, But he does have a shot at playing in week eight, according to NFL Network. His original timeline was four to six weeks, so I'm not surprised that he is going to miss another week. Mm -hmm. He may end up missing next week, so keep an eye on it. But he is eligible to return from IR at this point if he's healthy. Uh, moving on, Michael Thomas, a wide receiver for New Orleans, uh, has a high ankle sprain. He is expected to return in week seven. They thought he was going to return in week five, but he got in a fight, as we uh, talked about last week, and he did not play in week five. He is expected back this week. Deontay Johnson, Coach Mike Tomlin says that Johnson will practice on Wednesday, so keep an eye out for that. And then a couple of guys here we don't have an update on yet. The Wednesday injury reports have not been released yet. so. Um, guys listed as questionable that you should keep an eye on. Keenan Allen, Sammy Watkins, Sam Darnold, and Leonard Fournette all listed as questionable. And if you were really banking on Sam Darnold out there, future <laughs> Hall of Famer Joe Flacco is most likely available in your league. And you are in trouble if that is who you're depending on. Just in on. case you needed Joe Flacco. <laughs> Did you see the play that got added to the all-time Joe Flacco highlight reel this past no, week. I didn't. Oh, my. Uh, if you watched a lot of highlights this week, you already know what play I'm going to talk about. 
Flacco is in field goal range late in the game between the Jets and Dolphins. He takes a, I believe, a shotgun snap. Yeah, he's under pressure, starts running backwards and running backwards and running backwards and oh running gosh. backwards, and eventually he falls down. <laughs> they lost 28 yards. It was a 28-yard sack that pushed them oh. out of field goal range, and the Jets continued to not score any points and eventually got shut out. Wow. As I mentioned, I started the Dolphins' defense, so thank you, Joe Flacco, for just being completely <laughs> inept. But I'm not going Jeez. to thank you as a Broncos fan for ruining the beginning of last season <laughs> and standing in the pocket like a freaking statue and being terrible. Well, he continues uh, that pattern. It sounds like it may be even worse. And he had one good playoff run and just got paid a ton and has yeah. not done anything else. Yeah. And he beat Manning in the Broncos that year. He just really has crapped on the Broncos his whole career. <laughs> anyway, speaking of the Broncos, Noah Fant, tight end, sprained ankle. Coach Vic Fangio said Monday that Fant has a shot of playing. Fingers crossed. Broncos could use him back. Uh, Albert O, also from Missouri, just like Drew Locke, had a good game against the Patriots. I'm really, really hoping for a little Albert O, Noah Fant, two tight end formations, yeah. like what the Patriots used to do or something to that effect. <laughs> uh, Albert O is going to be pretty good. I'm, I'm on the train. so <laughs> I like the so, name, so I'm on the train too. Well, I can't pronounce his last name. I'm not even going to do it. I'm <laughs> not, not going to embarrass either. myself. I can't either, but I just like the Albert O. Yeah, right. <laughs> so to conclude the injury report, we have Darius Slayton, receiver for the Giants. He has a foot issue. He was... Limited in Tuesday's walkthrough, but he is expected to play Thursday night against Philadelphia. Then also on the Giants, Sterling Shepard. He's been dealing with turf toe. He has been designated to return from IR, but there's no guarantee yet if he's going to play. It's supposed to be a game-time decision. And mm -hmm. some non-injury news, Tua. It's yeah. Tua time in Miami. Tagovailoa is going to play... Quarterback, when they come out of their bye week against the Rams, Ryan Fitzpatrick, despite being just full Fitz magic this season, yeah, he's been great. He is going to take a seat, and Tua is going to be the new starting quarterback in Miami. So yeah. we'll see how, how that plays out. Say his last name again. I believe it's Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. I got to practice that. But I... Uh... It's, they put... it's easier than Albert O, but I still could be <laughs> pronouncing it a little bit incorrect, but I believe I have it right. It seems right. Um, but when they put him in at the end of that game the other day, they showed Ryan Fitzpatrick on the sideline, and he was just so hyped up for him. I thought that was great. And for Tua to be coming off that injury that he suffered, was it was last season, right, Left at Alabama? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to be coming in, and it showed him just sitting on the 15-yard line, soaking it all in after that game last week. Yeah. That's just, I love a good comeback story. We know I love a good comeback story. So I'm a fan, <laughs> and I hope that he, I hope that he plays well and can prove all of the to a haters who think he's injury prone wrong. I hope he plays well too. Uh, my only concern with the move is. You see it a lot when you're going to start a rookie quarterback. You do it during the bye week. You give him that extra week to prepare and for the team to adjust to the new quarterback. But Fitzmagic has played well. He's three. Yeah. The Dolphins are three and three. They are against some odds in the playoff hunt. 
especially with the extra playoff spot. Yeah. And are they basically signaling that they're punting on the season or do they believe <laughs> that Tua can get them to the playoffs? I I think if I was a veteran on the team, I would try to understand, but I would be a little bit angry if I, you know, if I hadn't been to the postseason or if it was my last shot. Yeah. But Flores it would seem has, you know, a vote of confidence from the 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 owner in that in Miami and he's going to be there a while so he wants to get his his quarterback in there of the of the future and see what he can do. Yeah. We'll see. I hope he does well so there's not this whole, you know, Miami punted on the season and Tua sucks type thing and they yeah. lose five games in a row cuz it it could go poorly. Could. But I hope that it doesn't cuz their their schedule when they come back is not is not really that easy. Really? Who do they play? Well, they they get the Rams right off the bat. Oh. And then, well, they get Drew Locke and the Broncos at some point. I know that, which is a guaranteed loss for Miami, right? Just kidding. <laughs> so I can pull this up real quick. That's okay. It doesn't matter. I I It is a strange time because Fitzpatrick has been doing well, but... Yeah, I don't know. I hope it goes well for them. I hope that that Tua has a, a good comeback season here and leads them to the playoffs. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it, it would. So the schedule is a little bit lighter than I thought. After the Rams are at Arizona, then they have the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Jets and the Bengals. So actually, there's a pretty good stretch there where Tua could play really well. Yeah. Late in the year, though, you get Casey, New England, the Raiders, and the Bills. But so, hopefully by then he could, you know, be on a roll. But the Rams and Aaron Donald, that could be a rough first game for him. Yeah. But they have two weeks to prepare and hopefully he gets the ball out quickly. Maybe a lot of screens <laughs> against the Rams. We'll we'll see how they do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If if the Dolphins make it to the playoffs with Tua, that is definitely who I am rooting for to win the Super Bowl because Dallas is not going to win the Super Bowl, so I'm going to have to pick a different team. And why not? Why not pick the Dolphins? It's harmless. <laughs> well, they're not going to win the Super Bowl either, but you can always <laughs> you can always root for them. Yeah. Sure. We wanted to take a quick break to tell you about an app that we found. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. For NFL games, choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Now, the great news is we have a promo code to share with our listeners. You can use promo code BTBW50 when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy from the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Again, use promo code BTBW50. All right, so let's move on now to our good and bad matchups for week seven. My first start of the week is DeAndre Swift at Atlanta. He almost took down my team in week six. Did you want to say something? I was just going to say, who knew? Oh. <laughs> who, who knew Swift would be on the board right now? I know, I sure didn't. Um, 
He is coming off his best game of the year. He had 14 carries, which is the most he's gotten all season. He did still split carries pretty evenly with Adrian Peterson last week, 14 to 15, but he far outproduced Peterson in week six. I don't think the Lions will necessarily give him all of the touches. I don't think he's going to take over the backfield in week seven, but I definitely look for them to start using him more um, and do it more regularly. In week seven, the Lions face the Falcons, who love to give up fantasy points to every position out there. They give up the seventh most to running backs with five running backs scoring 18 plus points or more against them in PPR formats. They gave up 22 points to Aaron Jones while giving up 18 to Jamal Williams in the same game in week four. So there's plenty of points to go around. I think Swift could definitely be a viable start this week for you if you need a plug-in running back. Well, and I think most people do need a plug-in RB. Yeah. And against the Falcons so far this season, for the most part, you can plug in just about anybody. Uh, so, yeah, Swift... At the very least, a, a solid flex play, but I think he could be even better than that. Speaking of Swift, last week had a good game against the Jaguars. I'm hoping for the same from Justin Herbert, who's my yeah. first good matchup of the week, quarterback for the Chargers. Herbert has thrown for either 300 yards or multiple touchdowns in each of his first four starts. Now he gets the Jaguars, who have given up the eighth most fantasy points to quarterbacks so far. Jacksonville just seems to look worse by the week. If that's <laughs> if that's possible, they won their first game and they have been just truly bad since then. And they beat the Colts too, right? Didn't they in the first week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the the Colts have been a different team too. Yeah. The only thing holding Herbert back here is the possibility of of game flow, considering the Lions just ran all over Jacksonville as we just talked about. Maybe the Chargers will decide to get Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly going instead. So. There's always a chance that Herbert will have kind of the game that Stafford had this past week. Mm -hmm. But Herbert is on a roll, having thrown four touchdowns in his last start and finally not throwing a pick. He's playing a terrible team. If you need to stream a quarterback or, frankly, pick up a quality backup, Herbert is a great choice. Seems like no matter the defense that he's played against, he's played well so far. And uh, I'm on the Herbert bandwagon. Yeah, I am too. And I, I'm even considering, I've got Matthew Stafford against Atlanta this week, but I don't know if I trust Stafford because he's had some good matchups so far and he's been all right. But Herbert has gotten more than 20 points in three out of four of his starts this year. So I might end up going with Herbert over Matthew Stafford because... I trust him I, a little bit. I'm considering Herbert over Drew Brees. So, oh, you are. <laughs> if he's out there, you know, and you want to do it, you might want to. Oh, you can't <laughs> do it during do the it. podcast. I might do it right now. Oh, that is that is low. <laughs> that's that's low. <laughs> I think. Hold good. on, you have to do your other. You have to do your other good matchup first. <laughs> I mean, it's it's only fair. You got to keep the pod moving. It's all fair and love, war, and fantasy football, right? Okay. Yeah, if, if <laughs> no, you say I'm so. Not gonna do I'm not going to do it right now. <laughs> um, anyway, I guess I'll do my other good matchup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I have DJ Chark at the Los Angeles Chargers. Chark has been on and off the injury report um, a lot this season, but he's gotten 11 or more points in four out of five games that he has played. 
He's coming off a game where he got 14 targets, which is what you want to see in fantasy football. This week, he's facing the Chargers defense that is giving up the fourth most points per game to wide receivers. They've given up four 19-plus point performances in five games to wide receivers in PPR formats and 10 points to two other guys. So double-digit points to six different guys in five games. I feel like Jacksonville could get down in this game and be playing catch-up, which could result in a very solid performance from Chark. With four teams on a bye in Week 7, as I said already, I think DJ could be a great fill-in option for you. Um, Yeah, that's all I got. I think so, too. With the Chargers secondary, I think they're still good, despite the fact how many, you know, how many big games they've actually given up and how many shootouts they've gotten in. They're without Chris Harris. They're without Derwin James. Chark has been a little outperformed by a few of his teammates in recent games. If there is a game for him to get back into it, hopefully it's this week. Because if he doesn't do much this week, I I think I'm going to start to lose a little, a little bit of faith in him. Yeah. But we will see. My second good matchup for this week is T. Higgins, the receiver for the Bengals. They are facing the Browns. I think fantasy owners, at least I have, uh, been kind of waiting to see the rapport between Joe Burrow and and Higgins grow. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just laughing because I just picked up Justin Herbert. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, you know what? You know what that means? Drew Brees is going to have an awesome week. That's all that means. So, anywho, Higgins and Joe Burrow, they were they were top picks in this past draft in the first and second round, respectively. They they appear to be the foundation going forward for the Bengals, and Higgins has double digit fantasy points in four straight games. He topped 100 yards last Sunday for the first time in his career, and has officially left AJ Green, in my opinion, on the team's pecking order. Yeah. Now they get the Browns again who have allowed 194 receiving yards per game to receivers, which is the fifth most in football. The last time these two teams played, Joe Burrow threw the ball 61 times. Wow. That was that Thursday night football game, which was insane. 61. Is that the most pass attempts in any game this season? I bet it is. I would bet that it probably is. Wow. I don't know how I would look that up at this moment, but I would bet that pro- <laughs> I would bet that 61 is probably it. So Higgins should get plenty of chances. I expect Tyler Boyd to have a, a big game as well. But I think Higgins is really intriguing from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah. And you know what? Justin Herbert better have an awesome <laughs> week for you. That's also how I feel. So Justin Herbert, T. Yeah. Higgins, DeAndre Swift, and DJ Chark. Those are our guys for this week. They are. You can have Matthew Stafford. I dropped him. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I will pick him up. We'll see. Uh, but I definitely think you're right about T. Higgins. He has been great. He had a really good game against the Colts, which is impressive because the Colts defense has been really good. And Cleveland has been weak against wide receivers this season. So definitely a good plug in play guy. He might even be a weekly starter after this if he has a good game. Moving on to our bad matchups. My first guy to sit this week is Devontae Freeman, your best friend at Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know, Elias is not a big Freeman guy. 
But he just knocked me out of the playoffs one year after not doing anything all season. Then he just breaks out and I need Julio Jones to do just a cut, you know, just to get a couple catches and he can't do it. And Freeman gets like 35 <laughs> points and I'm all of a sudden I'm out. <laughs> and apparently I hold grudges and I'm, you know, I'm trying to be a better person, but I, it's a slow uh, process. It is. And I, I do the same thing. Uh, Freeman is getting a lot of volume. He got 18 carries and two targets in week six against Washington, but the Giants offense just is not capable of doing a lot. Their best week was against Dallas. And that to me is more of a testament to how bad Dallas's defense is and not that the Giants offense suddenly got better. That coupled with the fact that Philadelphia is giving up the eighth fewest fantasy points per game to running backs. And I would avoid Freeman if I could this week. I would avoid him as well. I would avoid the Giants in general. Uh, yeah. Starting Slayton or Ingram, I feel like that's just what some teams have to do, and you could get a big game out yeah. of them, but the Giants are just really just really awful right now. Yeah. Someone who is not awful is no. my first bad, bad matchup of the week, and that is Ryan Tannehill. Quarterback for the Titans. They are facing Pittsburgh. Tana Thrill has mm -hmm. reached 30 fantasy points in his last two starts, but I feel the Steelers will likely bring that hot streak to an end because Pittsburgh is allowing just 18.8 .8 points per game. And strangely enough, with the exception of the horrific 5.26 points from Baker Mayfield and the 1.84 points from Case Keenum this past <laughs> week. Yes, Keenum came in and only got 1.84 points. <laughs> Each quarterback or quarterback duo has gotten 17 points something against Pittsburgh this season. So every single game that Pittsburgh has played, the opposing quarterback has got 17 points something. Yeah. Which is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> even, the, even the Broncos game when you combined Drew Locke and, and Driscoll, who came in in relief they combined got 17 point something points. So that means that Tannehill likely will get 17 points this week and not, <laughs> and not 30. You never know, but that is what the uh, cards are, are telling us. So Tannehill, I think his biggest problem though, is that they lost left tackle Taylor Luan to a torn ACL this past week. So that makes Pittsburgh's pass rush all the more deadly. Pittsburgh is also stout against the run, which I think will make it harder for Tannehill to use the play-action pass to his advantage. I think Tennessee will get into a lot of obvious passing situations because Henry's going to get stuffed pretty frequently. I think that will hurt Tannehill. Overall, 15 to 20 points, it could still happen. I think it's likely, but I feel that this is the week to temper your expectations when it comes to, to Tannehill's production. <laughs> I think... Tempering your expectations is fair, but I don't know if I can get on board with you. I'm benching Tanithrill because it, it totally depends on who else you have on your team. Because I do feel that, like I said, 15 to 20 is in yeah. the realm of possibility, but he's not getting 30 again. No, he That's won't get not, 30. Just not going to yeah. happen. You're right about that, I think. But I do think that he is still, I think. He, at this point, could be a matchup-proof start to me. If I still had him on my team, I'd probably still be starting him. I don't know. I can't say that for sure because I don't have him because I had to drop him because the Titans had a COVID outbreak, and I'm so <laughs> bitter about that. <laughs> but um, 
I don't know. I think I think he's good. He doesn't even in games where he doesn't pass a lot. He still is an accurate passer. He did lose his left tackle, which is going to be, you know, a big loss. But I still think he could have a decent game. I think he could probably have the best game that a quarterback has had against Pittsburgh this week, especially because he does have Derrick Henry. And yes, they are stout against the run. But Derrick Henry, as we already talked about, is amazing. He is a specimen that cannot be stopped. I mean, he can't be stopped, but he <laughs> is probably the best running back Pittsburgh has faced this season so far. I don't know off the top of my head who they face, but he is a human juggernaut. And, <laughs> and that is, that's a fact. With, with this matchup, though, you know, Tannehill is that, that play action pass and the use of Henry, I do feel is so important. But then again, in this past week, there was uh, a few, a few like play clips, film things that I saw on Twitter of just straight drop back and, and pass, no play action. And Tannehill ripped a couple. This absolutely had a couple of great passes in, in traffic. Yeah. He's playing his best football. So this is kind of like the sit that I had <laughs> when I, I talked about Deshaun Watson. I I just feel that if you have another good option, I don't know if Herbert will have a, a better week. Like we talked about, he can run, they can run the ball pretty effectively against Jacksonville. So we'll see if he can get any big plays early and boost his fantasy points, which I think that they can. Yeah. I just, I think that Tannehill, everybody has an off week. <laughs> I'm sticking to my guns here. Okay. We'll see what happens. Just know, take note out there that I disagree with this one. I would not sit Tannehill. Well, we'll you know, when d- depending on who's your ro- who's on your roster, I don't trust Chark. So we'll <laughs> we'll just see. We'll see what happens here. <laughs> I uh my next sit is Jared Goff versus Chicago. Goff has had three games of 20 plus points this season, but also three games where he scored 10, 11 and 14 points this week. They're playing Chicago, which is one of the toughest matchups for quarterbacks that there is so far this season. They have not given up more than 16 points to the position in our league. And that was in week one to Matthew Stafford. So no 300 yard passers, no quarterback has thrown more than one touchdown against this defense. This is definitely a week where I would not trust Jared Goff. There are plenty of other streaming options out there this week. We already talked about a couple. Stafford, Herbert, Burrow, Bridgewater, I think, just to name a few, are better options than Jared Goff, and I would go with any of them over him. I I would as well. Uh, so I just had some family in town. My, my brother-in-law, huge Bears fan. Okay. I just had to listen to the entire weekend. <laughs> The first place Chicago Bears after the, oh, the uh, Packers lost to the to the Buccaneers. So I have a lot of Bears statistics and that sort of thing running through my head. But uh, I do feel that that's a good choice. A lot of better guys out there than Jared Goff. So just a little bit of a recap. I did already recap our starts, but our sits are Ryan Tannehill, Devontae Freeman, and Jared Goff. And my final one is Damian Harris, the Patriots RB against the 49ers. He had a super disappointing week this past Sunday against the Broncos, only 4.3 points after he rushed for 100 yards in his previous game. A lot of people are are desperate for RB help. 
and sort of jumped on the Harris bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Even though I said I was on the Herbert bandwagon, I guess technically we are supposed to be beyond the bandwagon. So when it comes to to Harris, I am beyond the Harris bandwagon. Uh, <laughs> it obviously didn't work out for anybody who started Harris. He has to contend with James White and Rex Burkhead for carries. And also both of those guys seem to be getting all of the receiving opportunities as well. This week, Harris gets a 49ers defense. It has allowed the second fewest points to running backs this season. They haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher yet, and that defense seems to be getting healthier as well. I don't see Harris as a viable starter this week unless you need him basically as like an emergency flex play because of your your bye weeks. I think he's somebody that you can't trust until he has another big game. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on this. I've said this, I've said this for years. You cannot trust the New England running backs. And they did exactly with him, they did exactly what they do with running backs. He had 100 yards. And then the next game that he played, he got like seven carries, which is what they always do. But I want to trust him. <laughs> Everybody wants I to. I want oh. to, though. So it's <laughs> pretty disappointing. But yeah, you can't trust him. I would, I would start Burkhead over Harris at this point. I just, he had that 100 yard game. They had a bye week. I'm thinking he's going to do okay. And Denver, I think is still tough against the run despite their injuries defensively. So maybe that's part of it. And the the Patriots were very out of sorts for the majority of the game as as well. But he had a very disappointing week and I think he's, he's going to have another. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Some other quick um, starts for the week. We have Matthew Stafford in Atlanta, which we have discussed already. Tyler Boyd versus Cleveland. Austin Hooper at Cincinnati. Antonio Gibson versus Dallas. That is a great matchup. I could go with Gibson and McKissick both. Is that his name? Yep. JD. Okay. I don't know how I've, I cannot remember that guy's name because I get him and McKinnon mixed up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but both those guys could be good plays this week against Dallas. Hunter Henry and Mike Williams versus Jacksonville and Ronald Jones at Las Vegas. And some guys that we would sit, Julian Edelman against the 49ers and then Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick against the Chiefs. I hope I'm wrong about that one, but likely will not be. <laughs> and then Jared Cook against Carolina and Derek Carr the Raiders quarterback against Tampa Bay. I think that is a good guy to sit. And that leads us into our game of the week, which is Buccaneers at Raiders, the pirate bowl, which is on (laughs) Sunday, (laughs) which is on Sunday night football. How do you feel about this one? I think this game is going to be fun. Both these offenses are scoring on average 30 points per game. The difference here lies in the defenses. Tampa Bay ranks first in total yards allowed per game. First in rushing yards allowed per game, sixth in passing yards allowed, and eighth in total points allowed with 20 points per game on average. Las Vegas ranks in the bottom 10 in all of these categories. All your main bucks are easy starts for me this week. Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones, as we just said, easy starts. Rob Gronkowski has been getting more targets, but the Raiders have been pretty good against tight ends. Outside of Travis Kelsey, but who is good against Travis Kelsey? Let's be real. Um, If you're desperate, you could probably play him. I don't think he'll get zero like Mike Gesicki, but not a great play. 
As for the Raiders, they've got some receivers who have the potential for big plays, but none of them get a ton of targets, and this is a tough defense. You're 100% still starting Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. I don't think I would trust anyone else on the Raiders, though. I would not start Derek Carr. I would not start, we already said that, I guess, about Derek Carr, but I wouldn't start the receivers, even though they do have uh, big play potential. I think Tampa Bay is going to win this one in a close game, maybe like 27-24, something like that. <laughs> so it's the Pirate Bowl, it's the John Gruden Bowl. Yeah. Uh, a former Super Bowl rematch. I would also start all the main Buccaneers, as you said. I'm a little higher on Gronk. I think that it's going to take him a long time to get into the mix. That's what we talked about at the beginning of the season, and he's looking better and better by the week. He is clearly not the athlete that he once was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, he's not going to get zero, yeah. which means he always has some touchdown potential. He just caught his first one this past week. Yeah. If you know you have another tight end on a bye, depending on your situation, I am a little higher on Gronk. No to Fournette, Justin Watson, Scotty Miller, any other tight end that the Buccaneers have. With how the Buccaneers secondary just treated Aaron Rodgers, I expect John Gruden <laughs> to lean heavily on Josh Jacobs. Yeah. In the running game, Derek Carr was great in his last game against the Chiefs. But I just don't think we're in any sort of position to talk about Carr as an elite quarterback. He's going to have to do something pretty spectacular against Tampa Bay to make him an every week start fantasy wise. Yeah. As you mentioned, Waller and Jacobs are every week starters. I don't think the volume and the likelihood of the big plays when it comes to Henry Ruggs and Nelson Aguilar is going to be there every week. Ruggs might have those weeks like he had last week against the Chiefs, or I guess two weeks ago, um, where he's going to get two catches for 80 yards in a, in a touchdown, something like that. But you can't count on that every week. Renfro, depending on your lineup, is, I think, borderline startable in a, in a flex spot. Because he's always he's kind of like Cole Beasley in the regard that you know he's not going to get zero. He might yeah. only get five points, but he could get fifteen. But you know he's not going to get shut out because yeah. he's that important to the offense. I am also going to take Tampa Bay. I the Raiders have been up and down in my pick'em league when they hosted Buffalo. I picked them and they got slaughtered. Then they go to Kansas City. There's no way they can win that game. I picked Kansas City, then they beat the Chiefs. So I think it's hard right now to really see what they're capable of. If they win this game, I believe they'll be four and two. Yeah. And they'll be in the the playoff hunt, at least the wild card hunt. I don't think they can catch the Chiefs. But I will also take Tampa Bay. And uh I'm excited. I think it'll be a fun day of football overall. Yeah, I think so. Just... Not last week sucked. <laughs> <laughs> some of the games are really bad yeah well i think there were some fun games but but this week you've got seattle and arizona which is a, a pretty good divisional matchup uh pittsburgh and tennessee two teams that are five and oh broncos and chiefs i'm looking forward to that game no one else <laughs> probably is chiefs will likely have their way with them but hopefully not san francisco at new england could be fun and even some of the lower level games Washington and Dallas. (laughs) I'm not including any NFC East games. There's nothing about the NFC East that I want to watch right now. 
<laughs> but even I think Cleveland and Cincinnati from fantasy standpoints, Detroit and Atlanta, Jacksonville and the LA Chargers, I think those could all be fun games. On yeah. Monday night, you have the, the Bears and Rams. So I think this could be a pretty good week. Even Green Bay at Houston, potentially, if Houston brings their A game, that could be a fun game. Yeah, Maybe they can get a win at home. So it's going to be cool. Yeah, a good slate this week for sure. Um, I guess that's it. We don't have anything else, right? Just our starting lineups. Oh, that's Just right. Our, our starting lineups for the week. I I'll go ahead and get us show. going. Yeah. So I've got Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews on a bye. The rest of my bench is Antonio Gibson, Deontay Johnson, Justin Jackson, and Debo Samuel. I'm, as of now, starting Drew Brees and not Justin Herbert. <laughs> so in my receiver spot, Calvin Ridley, Chris Godwin, and Tyler Boyd is in my flex. I picked up Austin Hooper this week to fill in for Mark Andrews and benched or I guess sent away Dalton Schultz. <laughs> sent him away. I, I, <laughs> he go Put away. Put him in the corner. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't feel that Dallas can, they just don't have five guys who can catch a bunch of passes anymore like it was when Dak Prescott was the quarterback. Yeah. So I got rid of him, and I'm going to start Austin Hooper in a good matchup against the Bengals. Hopefully he doesn't screw me. Running backs, Derek Henry and Chris Carson, which I think Chris Carson could have a pretty good game against Arizona. Still starting Zan Gonzalez as my kicker, even though he hasn't done much over the last few weeks, but his buy's coming up. So yeah. I'm going to keep him for another week, see what happens, and then likely he'll be off the squad. And then I picked up the Philadelphia defense. They're playing the Giants. Uh, another streaming week. <laughs> Hopefully they do pretty well, but as of now, my game is projected 126 to 116. I'm thinking my opponent maybe hasn't adjusted his lineup yet, and he hasn't. Got nobody in the in the tight end spot. Who are you playing? Uh, I am playing Jackson, playing cup wow. check. Oh, yeah, he had Ertz. Oh, and Ertz is, in, yeah, is on IR, so he's going to have to pick up a tight end. He's got City Lamb, Cooper Cup, and he's got Tanithrill. He does. So if I get beat, it'll probably be, you know, my fantasy predictions going down the tubes and my fantasy <laughs> week. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that does not occur. Yeah. All right. My starting lineup is a brand new quarterback, Justin Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is very disappointing. <laughs> um, my wide receivers are the same. Kenny Galladay, AJ Brown, both have great matchups. And then I've got Allen Robinson in the flex. Jimmy Graham is my tight end at this point for this week. I do have Jared Cook on the bench. It's not a good matchup, so that's why I put him on the bench. Running backs, Clyde Edwards-Elair, Todd Gurley. Still going to stick with Clyde, I think, at least for this week. They'll try to integrate Le'Veon Bell slowly. And they've said that they don't plan on, you know, they didn't they didn't add Bell to take over as the starter. They added him to keep Clyde from getting beat down. So this week I think he'll still get plenty of carries. We'll see how it goes after that. But on my bench, I have Miles Gaskin, Marquise Brown on a bye, 
Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, both still on my bench. J.D. McKissick, I have a lot of running backs on my bench. <laughs> Dallas Goddard is on my IR, so if he, he happens to get activated, I'll probably play him um, tomorrow. I don't think that's going to happen. My kicker is Daniel Carlson, the Las Vegas Raiders kicker. And then my defense, I have Washington versus Dallas, which I would not have normally kept them, but with Andy Dalton, you know, it might be a good play. So I'm still considering whether to keep them or get a different defense. So next week when we do the recap, we'll see what happens. Yeah, on on paper with what they just did, it's a good play. But, you know, you just keep expecting Dallas to turn the page a little bit and Washington has been struggling. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if that's a good matchup or not. Obviously I also went with an NFC East matchup and my defense <laughs> and the giants will probably win 31, 28. So, uh, we'll see what happens. My, my opponent this week is two and four. And as I mentioned, he has lamb, Tana thrill cup, Lockett, James Connor, and Aaron Jones. Yeah. I'm not sure how Jackson is two and four. He yeah. has a pretty solid starting lineup. Cooper Cup has had his fair share of up and down weeks. But uh, it's going to be a tough matchup. But hopefully when we start next week's podcast, you will be on a three-game streak. You'll be three <laughs> and four. Hopefully, hopefully I will be four and three, finally peeking my head above that 500 threshold. Uh-huh. I, it's, um, it's all happening. I think we can do it. I I don't know. I'm a little concerned. I'm playing uh, COVID Crusaders this week. Jesse, who is number one in our league, he's four and two. And he's got Patrick Mahomes, Stefan Diggs. DJ Moore is uh, his wide receiver, too. So that might be good for me. And then yeah. DK, he's got DK Metcalf. I mean, he, he's got a great team. Running backs are a little bit weaker because he has Dalvin Cook on a bye. He's starting David Montgomery, James Robinson, it looks like. So we'll see how it goes, but definitely a tough game for me this week. James Robinson typically is good for a, a solid 13, 14 points. Yeah. So we shall see. But to everyone out there, good luck in week seven. Yep. That and is... uh, may your best Justin Herbert play win. <laughs> Yep, that's all we got for you today. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. Connect with us on social media. Let us know how your season is going. We hope it is going better than ours, or at least mine. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. It's also where we post our weekly waiver wire favorites on Tuesdays and where you can ask us your start sick questions for the week. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. See ya.